Masechet Yevamot Tafkof Tet Zayin. We saw yesterday a machlok between Abaye and Rava that when you see a get or a document that has people's names in it, and uh, do you worry that there may be other people with the same name? Do we have to go and check? Uh, the whole city or the whole world to see if there's someone else with that name, or do we assume that this is the very these are the very same people? Abaya said, Chayshinan, yes, we have to worry that maybe there's someone else with the same exact husband and wife's name, and therefore maybe this get was written for someone else. Uh, we cannot believe it. We have to check. And Abaya said, no, we don't have to worry about it. Okay. That was the Machloket, and we saw Abaye's, uh, Abaye brought a source from uh, the, the story that we ended with, and Rava countered it. And so now we're going to ask Rava, What's my reasoning? How come Rava doesn't worry about someone else with the same name? Well, he also has his own precedent. Uh, one time in the city of Mehoza, there were a couple of promissory notes. And they said that um, these following people owe money to, let's say, Reuven, right? Chavai Bar Nanai owes him $100, and Nanai Bar Chavai also owes him $100. And these promissory notes were brought by Reuven to Rava and says, I want to collect the money. And Rava authorized them and says, yes, you can collect and he collected some zuzim, some dinarim, with these very promissory notes. Now, even though, there were, this is a very common name. Lots of people named with, with the same name. So, really, Chavai Bar could have claimed, wait a second, it's not me he has collecting from. There's another guy with the same name. But you see that uh, this, uh, the, 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 such a claim was not accepted. And uh, they were able to uh, to collect it. So here is a proof, a precedent that, in fact, uh, one does not have to worry about other people with the same name. Good. Now, how about Abaye? Abaye said that we um, that we do have to worry. So how come in that case? The, the rabbi um, w- permitted him to collect, right? Abad Abu permitted him to collect. How would Abaye explain his decision? Oh, he said, he will say, a promissory note is different. What are you worrying about? That it maybe he dropped it? No, people are careful about their promissory notes. It's like walking around with, a, with, with cash or a, or a check. And so uh, the person, Reuven, uh, who's carrying it around because people owe him money, there he's going to be careful to, uh, to, to take care of it. Maybe he gave it to someone else with the same name, right? It has to say, uh, uh, this Chanai Bar Bavai, Chavai Bar Nanai owes Reuven a hundred zoos. So if he gave it to someone, he, can you hold this for me? Since they have the same name, he's not going to give it to another person named Reuven, because then the person who is watching the document for him can then easily go and take it, right? Um, If you had a check written out to you, you wouldn't tell someone with your same name to go and, uh, hey, can you hold this check for me? Uh, Because that wouldn't make sense. Then the person could go and and, um, cash it. So, for surely, he didn't lose it because people are careful with it, like cash. And second, he didn't give it to anyone. Uh, my Amart. 
And maybe you'll say, Dilma Maybe he actually wanted to give, actually did want to give it to someone else with the same name. Kind of like the way uh, we used to uh, endorse a check over to someone so that they could go and cash it, collect it. Maybe actually, oh, happened to owe another to Uven a certain amount of money. So you see here, take this promissory note instead. So that's fine. After all, letters, meaning a document, can be acquired simply through passing. Different items have different ways of acquiring them. Land has to be acquired one way, movable objects, animals, and uh, if you want to acquire a document, all you have to do is pass it to the person, and so then it would be fine if that person took it. Uh, even if he wasn't the original Reuven, it's still okay, he can still use it, and it is acquired. So therefore, uh, that's why uh, Abayes says, in this case, I'm not worried that there's two different people with the same name. It's not the same as a get, where it could be lost and um, or it could get into someone else's hands, and maybe it's not the same people with the same names. Maybe it's uh, not the same people, but they have the same names. And so that's why Abaye disagrees with Rava. Okay, now we're going to see an interesting case where Abaye and Rava say the reverse of what they said above. Uh, because of their understanding of this case. There was a certain get that was found in the city of Sura. And in it, it was written that here in Sura, me, my, I, I Anan Barchia, that's his name, who is from Nehardea. So even though he's from Nehardea, this transaction, this get is being given in Sura. I am sending away and divorcing that the, my wife, and it says her name on it. Good. So it has his name, has her name, it has a place name. So now, And so now the rabbis wanted to check, is there anybody else with the same name, that the man's name is Anan Barchia, and the woman's name is also the same, and may have been in the same city. And so they checked all the way from Surah to Nehardea, in other words, all the conceivable place where such a person could be. And they found there was, in fact, another person named Anan Barchiya, um, uh, who was from, uh, from Chagra, that city, but he happened to be in Nehardea. And uh, this, um, uh, and this get was given in Sura. So they further investigated Two witnesses came and said on that day that it says in the get that this was it was written Anan Barchiya was with us in Nehardea and not in Sura. So therefore it can't be him. Uh, to summarize, there are two people named Anan Barchiya. One is from the is lives in the Harda'a. One once came from Chagra, but then he was in the Harda'a. So the description fits both of them. So there's a problem. There's two people with the same name. We don't know which one of these gave the gave the get. 
Um, and uh, so we investigated. We found that the other, this other one, uh, the one from, which, who was originally from Chagra, was not in Sura on the day of giving the get. And it says the, that this get was uh, written in Sura. And he was not in Sura. He was in Nahardah on the day the get was written. Therefore, it can't be him, can't be the other guy. So we cross him off the list. And therefore, it is the other guy, the one that we thought it was originally, the one who's coming to claim. And she's bringing it and says, yeah, this is my husband. And he gave me a get. So therefore, they were able to authorize the get because the witnesses helped him cross out the other guy from the list. And that's the case. Now, Amad Abaye said, usually I'm worried about maybe there's a different uh, person with the same name. But here, in this case, I don't worry. I, I would authorize that get. After all, witnesses came and said, he was in the Hardeah, and this get was written in Surah. So he could not have been in Surah. Therefore, I know that the one that was, in fact, in Surah, the other guy, uh, the, the guy we, we thought that she claimed it is, is in fact the person. I don't worry about the other guy who was in the wrong city. Good. And Rava says, I think the opposite. Usually, I don't think you have to go and check to see if there's anyone else with the same name. But in this case, I would worry. Because here, maybe somehow this guy was in the same, was in and in Surah on the same day. How could he get be in both? Well, maybe he was went on a flying camel. Not literally a flying camel. This means an express camel. There, in fact, are different species of camels, and some can gallop quite quickly. And so maybe he went on a really fast camel, and he was able to get there. Or maybe he jumped some kind of teleportation. Rashi says, he said, the, the, by divine name, he was able to uh, get there, maybe he took the HOV lane, whatever. It's possible that he got there quickly. Or yet another possibility. Maybe, in fact, he was in the Haradah the whole time and he didn't uh, go on any uh, express lane. But he was a he he gave verbal instructions from Nehardeah and he sent a message to the scribe in Sura saying, I authorize you to write a get, which you can do. You can send a messenger to write a get and to give a get. Rav in fact instructed the scribes. And Rav Huna also instructed, instructed the scribes and told them, Listen, scribe, if you are in the city called Shili, um, you should write in the get, this get is being written and given in Shili. Even though your and the instructions from the man, from the husband, were sent to you from Hini, another nearby city. Uh, so don't write the place where the husband is, write the name of the place where you are. And Vikit no Bihini and the other way around, if you, the scribe, are in Hini, Kituvu Bihini, write, this get is being written in Hini. even though the husband sent instructions from Shili. And therefore it could very well be that this uh, we don't know which guy it is. 
because the one that is, there could be the one that was in Surah that day, or it could be that it was the one that was in Nehar Da'ah that day, and he simply sent a message, and that's why the scribes wrote in Surah, which is the appropriate thing, even though the husband was, two, two, two witnesses came and testified that the husband was in Nehar Da'ah, all that is fine. Okay, so that's why Rafah said, I'm not, I don't trust it. I, it could be either way. You need to investigate more to see which man, in fact, was. Okay, now we're getting back to the sesame seeds. We kind of left that hanging this whole time. Right? Remember the case where uh, one man gave uh, the a shomer. Hey, can you watch this uh, barrel of sesame seeds for me? And then he came back to get them, and the watchman said, Oh, you already took them, and these are different seeds. I we, we emptied it out, and I put new sesame seeds in it. Do you assume that these are the same, or that they were emptied out? We saw Machloket about that, so here's an answer. Rav Yamar Amar La Chashinan. Rav Amar Chashinan. Rav Yamar said, We don't have to worry that they changed them out. Rav says, No, we do have to worry that they are different ones. And the bottom line is, we do have to be concerned that the watchman already gave back the original sesame and happened to fill up the barrel with the same exact amount. And therefore, the watchman does not have to pay and the, the claimant does not. Uh, loses the case and cannot collect more. All right. Now the Mishnah, the all that was uh, going back to the Mishnah that said that um, if a, a woman says a wife says my husband my husband is dead, we believe her at a, at peacetime. And if there's if there's shalom bayit. But if it's not peacetime, and now we're going to talk about if there's a fight between them, right? If they were fighting before uh, he le- before they left on this trip. And then she comes back and said, oh, my, uh, my husband died. We don't believe her because, well, let's see. So first of all, what does a fight mean? What's the definition of a fight? What kind of, what's an example where there's a quarrel? Where the wife told her husband, I want a divorce. I want out of here. If she says that, that means they're not getting along so well. If they go on a trip and they, she comes back and says, my husband is dead, we don't believe her because maybe she's making it up, as we'll see. Okay, cool. Then we reject that. We says not every wife says that. At some point or another, um, uh, 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 people people get upset, they get angry, they lose their temper, and they say, "Give me a divorce." Right? Look at every episode where Ralph Cramden says, "One of these days, Alice." Right? So every episode, he wants to divorce her, but he doesn't really want to. He uh, he changes his mind immediately. Okay. So therefore, it can't be that this is too low, too low of a bar. Uh, just because a person says, a wife says, I want a divorce, not sufficient to call that a quarrel. Rather, when she tells her husband, you already divorced me. She claims that they're already divorced. Now she's like already um, acting as if she's divorced. So that's a that's a step higher than just asking for a divorce. Okay. Well, in that case, if she says to her husband, you already divorced me, well, then we should actually believe her. Uh, we should for sure believe her to say that she is divorced, right? Because we already said this whole halacha is that she comes back and says, my husband died. We don't believe her. Wait a second. We 
can believe her because Rav Amna gave a, gave a uh, halacha that said, if a woman says in front of her husband, you have already divorced me, we believe her, even if she doesn't produce a get, because we have a chazaka, a, a person is not, a woman is not so brazen to dare to say in front of her husband to make up a lie and say, you divorced me. She wouldn't do that, even if there's, uh, even if they're not getting along. So if she says that, we believe her. So in this case, we would believe her. So that can't be that. Rather, be'omeret get ashtani bifne peloni ufloni v'sha'ilna v'amru lo hayu devarim me'olam. Rather, she tells her husband, you divorced me in front of so-and-so. And this, other, and this other guy, there's two witnesses. Um, and then we go and ask those two witnesses that she named, and they said, no, that we never saw such a thing. So here, where on the one hand, it makes sense that we should believe her because usually people are not so brazen to lie, but now we have a, something that detracts from her veracity, which is that the witnesses that she claimed were there say that that never happened. And so in this case, we do not believe her, right, that she was divorced because the witnesses say it didn't happen. But this is a very high level of quarrel that she would say in front of him, you already divorced me. So that's what's called a quarrel. And therefore, if they go, if she goes away, if that kind of person, couple goes away and she says, my husband is dead, we do not believe her. Now, my tamayadiktata, how come we don't believe her to say my husband is dead? What are we worried about? Rav Chanina says she may be just lying, right? He's actually totally fine. And she comes and she says, uh, my husband is dead so that she can get remarried. She wants out of the marriage. Um, okay, it's fine that she wants out of the marriage, but she does have to wait to actually get a get. So we do not believe her um, because she has ulterior motive here. Rav Shimi says, no, she's not going to make up a total lie and say my husband is dead when he's totally alive and you know sitting by the beach in some other place uh, but rather uh, she will make a, a presumption if in fact they the husband was in some dangerous situation or was very sick then her confirmate because they, she had a big fight she will have a confirmation bias and she will assume oh he was so sick or he was captured uh, he's probably dead and because they have a big fight and she hates him so that she will convince herself that yes, he's definitely dead. That's why we don't believe, we don't trust her uh, judgment to say that he's dead if they had a fight. If they're not, if they have a peacetime, then she is interested in believing that he lives, he's living, even if he's in some kind of dangerous situation. So if it's peace, a peaceful relationship, then we would believe her. So that's the reason. My Ben, I don't know, but would be a practical difference between these two reasons. A difference would be where the man is the one that initiated the quarrel. He's the one that got angry at her in the first place. In that case, he's really upset, but she still is in love with him. And so in that case, she, because she is still in love with him, she wouldn't make up a total lie just so she could be with someone else. But she may be still resentful, uh, upset enough that she may make a mistake. That would be an example of the difference between the two cases. Next, we have a question regarding also a situation where the husband and wife are fighting. But now it's not the wife that comes back and says the husband is dead, but rather one witness, which generally we do believe. When one witness comes and says a man died, we believe one witness so that the, she can uh, remarry. But what if we know that we're fighting? 
does that make a difference? If I had a who edihad biktatamahu, my tamad edihad mehiman mishum demilta de abida la gluye lo mishaker. On the one hand, we could say, what is the reason why we do believe one witness? Well, because it's something that may, the truth will be revealed. Uh, because if he is alive and eventually, you know, he'll either come back or someone will say, hold on, I saw him. And so one witness, uh, nobody is going to lie about something that will be revealed and show that he's a liar. And so here also, just because the husband and wife are fighting makes no impact on the one witness, he still would not lie. So therefore, yes, we can trust him. Or the other side of the equation is or on the other hand, maybe the reason that we believe one witness to say the husband is dead is not because we're fully believing that one witness, but rather because based on that one witness testimony, we say, hey, listen, you can go and do your own investigation. And the wife will then, before she remarries, because she has to take upon herself that responsibility and the consequences if the husband is alive. So because she is doing her own investigation, therefore here, because there is a, they're having a fight, maybe she won't do such a thorough investigation because she's kind of uh, happy to hear that um, this um, uh, testimony, even from one witness, that the husband is dead. And she's like, yeah, yeah, must be right because she wants to get remarried, so she's not going to check. And therefore, we cannot trust one witness when they are fighting, and so we leave that question unanswered. The last part of the Mishnah was the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. He says that one witness, a wife, when she, if she says, my husband is dead, we do not believe her unless she comes with her cry, crying, with her cloth clothes torn, and we can see, oh, this is obviously someone who's very, very distraught. Uh, because uh, she learned that her husband is dead, then we believe her. But if she's all composed and is, uh, just says it matter-of-factly, then we don't believe her. So, uh, whereas Tanaka says, no, no matter what, it doesn't matter how she's acting. So here's a Braita, Tanya, Amru lo l'Rabi Yehuda, l'idbarecha pikacha tinaseh, shota lo tinaseh. The Braita uh, explicates the a conversation between Tanaka and Rabi Yehuda. And so the rabbi, the Rabbanan said to Rabi Yehuda, according to you, if a woman is wise and she knows, oh, the court will only believe me and allow me to, allow me to remarry if I act. So, if she, since she knows that if she's wise, she will put on a whole act and tear, tear her clothes, and then, oh, she'll convince them. But if she doesn't know that, if she's foolish, and she just uh, and doesn't uh, act the part, then she can't get married. In other words, it shouldn't depend on whether the woman knows that she has to act disheveled or not. Uh, therefore, the rabbis say, we're not going to make a difference between one person and another, but he reacts differently, even if it were, it was, in fact, is in fact true that uh, he, she saw her husband dead, and therefore, as long as she says it, we do believe her, as long as it's not a time of war and they're not fighting. Good. Now we have a, sto a great story. One time a woman came to the Betin of the Biuda. He's the one that said that we're only going to believe her if she acts the part. So they told her there were other people around. And they said that I guess maybe we're in the waiting room, waiting for her to come to the court. And the people there said, listen, 
You better lament your husband, tear your clothing, unbind your hair, and look all disheveled. Um, so, uh, now, so because the Biyuda is only going to believe you if you act the part. So now the Gemara asks, that's the story. Wait, they told her to lie? Does that make, is that right? Is, should you tell someone to lie? No. Uh, so the answer is, Rather, they, the people that were around, they were other sages or students, and they really felt they agreed with Rabbanan. That we believe a, w- a wife to say my husband died, no matter how she's acting, it doesn't matter. Uh, so therefore, they didn't think that there was anything wrong, uh, even if she, she would just go directly in, that they said, oh, she should be believed. But they said, listen, you better, since the that happens to be the one that's in charge of this court, you better look the part so that he will permit you to marry, otherwise not. So the idea here is that if something is, is actually true, um, because she is, she should be believed because we're following Rabbanan, but just because of the circumstances, uh, in order to get through, you need to kind of get a loophole in order to um, pass through this particular uh, sage's opinion. So it's permitted to fulfill his 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 um, requirements, uh, even uh, even though it's been kind of putting on a show. I think what the story here is showing is the the contents of the dialogue right before, where the rabbis say, it doesn't make sense, a wise woman will just act, and here you go, someone is just acting, so that's why that this story kind of proves why the Be'udah's criteria is really not something very practical. You're kind of um, uh, uh, encouraging people to uh, act and um, not be sincere. All right, next Mishnah, also about a woman being believed. In what circumstances do we believe her? Bet Hillel Omrim, Lo Shamanu Ela Beba Amin HaKasir, Ubot HaMedina, Uchmase Shehaya. Bet Hillel, in this case, is actually more stringent. And he says, we only believe a wife to come and say, my husband died, if she she is coming from the grain harvest, and it's in, the grain harvest was within the same country, like the story that happened. We're going to see in a couple of minutes the actual, the full story. In that story, there was, woman, there was a woman who was with her husband and happened to be in the grain fire in a, uh, during the grain season in that country, and her husband was bitten by a snake uh, while out there, and so then she came back and said, my husband died. Betty Lil says, uh, and then the rabbis uh, checked it out, and they saw that she was correct, and they said, you know what? We should believe a woman's testimony, because look, here she was there and she knew. Betilel says, yeah, that precedent only works for another circumstance that's precisely like that precedent. Has to, we only believe a woman if, it's this, if the circumstances in which we believed her before in that story are the same. So it's very limited um, in our leniency of believing one, why, uh, one witness uh, the wife of the husband. Amru lahem bet shamai. Achata ba min akasir, vachata ba min azetim, vachata ba min habasir. Bet shamai says, doesn't matter where they're coming from, if it's the grain harvest or the olive harvest or the grape harvest. Doesn't matter what the person was doing. Doesn't matter what country, even if it happened in a different country and the wife says, we were away in another country and my husband died there, 
We we believe her. So when the rabbi said during the harvest season, they were just saying that happened to be when that that story that specific story happened. Uh, it's actually more maybe more likely that someone will die during the grain season, which is when the days are very long and hot, and so there's more like more more likelihood that a person uh, will uh, maybe get sunstroke or because they're out there for so long, the snakes are out and be bitten by a snake. So it just happens to be that case. But there's no reason to make any distinction if wife, if woman is if the wife is believed in that case, she should believe in all in any case. Says, okay, good point. And so Betilel turned, uh, changed their mind, and were lenient like Bet Shammai. Good. Tanya, Amru lahem Bet Shammai lebetilel. Lidibrechem, enli ela kesir chetim, kesir seorin minayin. That is going to fill in more of the dialogue between them that we of, of the Mishnah. So Bet Shammai says to Betilel, according to you, what you're only going to believe them during the wheat harvest. And not during the barley harvest, because in that story happened to be the wheat harvest. In other words, even grain, you're going to have to, you know, how, how finely uh, exact does the, does the story have to be to the original case in order for you to apply it? I mean, this is absurd. And it is only if he's actually harvesting uh the the reaping the grain only then what if he's harvesting grapes or olives or dates or figs um uh, we have the you know we we say the word harvest for for everything but just like eskimos have 30 words for snow so too farmers have different words for uh, harvesting every different kind of crop and that's what you have in hebrew uh, where um, they used to be farmers, so they have all these different words depending on what they are doing. But the point is, what's the difference? What they are harvesting, uh, the law should be the same. So, rather, but Shemai says, happened to be that that story, when the rabbis decided we should believe a, a, a one woman, was during the grain harvest, but the same is true for everything. And the same is true regarding a country. In that case, happened to be it was within the same country. But if it was from one country to another, what's the difference? We still believe her. Hold on, it makes a big difference. If it's in one country where there are lots of people that are going back and forth and traveling within the country, so then a woman will be afraid to lie. She's not going to lie because if she says, my husband died, even though he's alive, there'll be someone that will come from a nearby city within the same country and say, oh, I saw your husband alive and her lie will be reveal, re- revealed. She's not going to lie. But if it comes from one country to another, many there are not many people who travel from one country to another. So she could leave her husband behind in some other country, alive, and come to another country and say, my husband died there. And how, what, what's the chances that someone's going to see her and travel and come? Uh, very little, so she would not be afraid. That's why Betty Law says, I will only trust uh, the uh, testimony of a wife in the same country, but in a different one. Bet Shammai says, no, I can believe her because there are caravans. There's always people traveling from one country to another, right? There's the, uh, the, the spice route, the silk route, and so mail coming. 
if and so therefore uh, the wife will be afraid to lie even if it's from one country to another. All right, we've been uh, assuming this story. What is the actual uh, incident that occurred? One time it was the end of the wheat harvest. You see, it was, was in fact the wheat harvest in that case. Ten people went out to go and harvest some wheat. A snake came, bit one of the men, and he died. So the the uh, the woman, the, his wife, came uh, and told the betin, "I was out there. I saw my my husband die." The betin did not believe her because this was before the law was in place. So they sent an investigatory party, and they said, "Oh yes, in fact, she was telling the truth." And so the rabbis discussed this further and says, you know what? See, this is true in this case. So we should make an enactment that we should be allow a wife to be believed if she says my husband and died uh, in other cases as well. And so when, when they said that, the question is, Betty Lel says, fine, we'll, we'll, we'll let her in other cases that are just like this. But Shammai says, no, no, we can allow her in all cases, even if it's not exactly the same as this one. So Bet Shammai doesn't mind expanding from one example to anything similar. Betilel says, no, only something that's just like that example. But Betilel eventually changed their minds. Now, now they have this machloket between Betil and Shamai, where in Prince, not only a machloket in this actual case, but there seems to be a principle that Betilel will only apply a precedent to the exact circumstances, and Bet Shammai will expand the precedent to similar circumstances. So perhaps the following machloket between Bichananya and Rabbanan parallels that between Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel. Detanya, what's the case? Beraita says, here's a law. The rabbis made an enactment. A person should not transfer, carry, uh, water is a purification or ashes, ashes of purification. That This means para aduma ashes. That's when they're pure ashes. Or when you want to use them, you mix them with water and you get water of khatat. Either one of these is tahar and has to remain tahar in order to be usable. Now, if you want to get it to another country, you want to get it across the Jordan River so that, it's, let's say it's made in Eretz Israel and now you're going to use it in, in uh, Bavel to purify people that are tamelamet over there. You should not um, take it and carry it over the Jordan River in a boat. That's not allowed. Not a, we'll see why. Because one time it happened and turned out there was a piece of a dead body under the boat, in the boat, underneath, that they didn't see. And then it became Tameh and they ruined a portion of, um, of Para Aduma. And so they said, you know what, from now on, if you have to transport it, you can't do it in this way. And not only that, this is all Rabbanan. And not only that, you cannot take it from one side and throw it to the other side. Also, not, not a good way to 
uh, transfer the Paraduma waters across the Jordan. And don't float them, put them on a little uh, paddle board and push it uh, across. No good. And don't have put them in a, in a, 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 on the back of an animal or back of another person um, uh, as, and they will swim across with it. The only way you're allowed to do it is if the person's feet are on the ground. If they put their, if they're walking through the river and they hold the paraduma waters, a pa, uh, uh, waters or ashes a pie, so that, um, then that's the only way you can transfer it across the river. Or you can also walk over a bridge because a bridge, even though it's over the water, it's also solid ground. So you have to be walking on solid ground. You can't be floating or on a boat. And this is true not only for the Jordan River, but for all rivers. One is not allowed to take the paraduma ashes on a boat on any river. That is all Rabbanan. So you see that the case, we're going, to, we're going to see the case in a minute. The case only happened on a boat in the Jordan River. But Rabbanan said we're going to expand it to be like everything. So it seems that uh, Rabbanan is like Bet Shammai. They take one incident and expand it to all others. When the rabbis made this decree about transporting paraduma ashes, they only made it regarding the Jordan River and in a boat because that's the case that originally happened. If it's not the Jordan River or if it's not a boat, any other anything else is allowed. So, maybe we can propose that the banan who uh, here expand from the one case to all cases is like Betchamai, who similarly expand from one case where we believe the woman in that case to all cases, and we could always believe the wife. And Rabbi Chana ben Akiba, who said we should limit the prohibition only to the exact case that happened on the boat with a, with a, in the Jordan River, so he limits it only to the exact precedent, he would agree with Betilel, who also said we only give permission to believe a wife in the exact circumstances, and we do not expand it. One's the Chumrah and one's the Kula, but that's not the point. The point is the principle to expand a precedent to other cases. So um, that's what we propose, but we're going to reject it. Amri lach Rabbanan, Rabbanan, who did expand the prohibition here in the case of the boat and transferring ashes, they will tell you, Really, we could agree with Betilel uh, regarding the believe, believing the wife only in limited circumstance. The reason why Betilel um, said, you know what, we're going to limit it to only one country, only within the same country, is because there she's fearful to lie. One country to another, then she's not going to be fearful. So Betilel had a good substantive reason to only, uh, only believe a wife in uh, the exact circumstances that, happened, that, it, that the incident happened. If it's close by, she will 
uh, be fearful of lying. If as far as she won't be fearful of lying, because who who's going to come so far and, and reveal her lie? But here, where uh, uh, the problem was that they transferred it by a boat over water, and it turned out there was uh, some a piece of a dead body in the boat, well, that could happen equally on any boat over any body of water. There's nothing particularly uh, interesting about the Jordan River over any any other river. It's not like more boats with dead bodies go over the Jordan River than other other rivers. It's all the same. So there's no reason to make a distinction. And their distinction, therefore, the banan may very well expand on the one case regarding the boat, but not expand regarding the wife. And similarly, the other way around, Rabbi Hananya, who said we only, only the rabbis only prohibited the boat and the Jordan, and we don't expand. That's true, but they may very well agree with Bet Shammai when it comes to believing a wife in all cases. The reason why we, he, we, we, he's going to follow Bet Shammai in the case of the wife is because she is going to take upon herself the responsibility to investigate because she's going to get remarried and if, 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 if she's lying, she'll be in trouble. So there, we can expand it to all cases. What's the difference if it's near or far? She's going to want to make sure that the uh, she never uh, has a situation where it turns out her husband comes back. And people do travel, so she will be afraid to lie, and she will check it out and not, and not, uh, 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 and not get remarried until she knows it's true. Whereas here, regarding the boat, it's only because of that incident that happened in the Jordan on a boat. So exactly like that that happened, the rabbis made a gezerah there. In other uh, other rivers, the rabbis did not make a gezerah. Uh, why why didn't they make a gezerah? It's kind of like today. Sometimes if there's an accident at a at an intersection where there are stop signs. So the city will come and put a stoplight there because the accident happened there. Now, it's true. A block over is the exact same type of streets. There's no reason why it just happened to be the accident happened there. Nevertheless, they put a light there so that it shouldn't happen, happen again in that place in that way. Not going to put a light on every corner, uh, but just the one that happened to have the accident. So too here, since it happened on the Jordan in that way, and there was didn't want that to happen again, so they only made a gezerah on that, and not going to make a gezerah on everything in the whole world. Okay, my Shaya. Finally, what is actually the the story regarding the Paraduma waters? One time, someone was carrying. Uh, the waters of Khatat and ashes of of the Paraduma in the Jordan River on a boat. And they only found later that there was a kezait size of a, a corpse that was in the bottom of the boat that they didn't originally see. And then they made everything in the boat tameh. Because it happened, the rabbi said, you know what? Don't do that again. But by that they meant only uh, well, that's the machloket that we said before. Uh, is it only this exact case? Or did they say, don't do anything like this. Always have your feet on the ground. No floating. Uh, no putting the paraduma on any flotation device. Only if you're actually carrying it and have your feet on the ground. Baruch Adonai. Amen v'amen.